Hey guys, before we start the show, I just want to give a quick shout out to another podcast. Hey there, my name is Andy, host of the History of Africa podcast. If you like learning about the history of the Asia Pacific, I bet you'd also like learning about the history of the African continent. Our current season is focused on ancient Egypt. If that sounds appealing to you, come check out the History of Africa podcast here on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and on our website, historyofafricapodcast.blogspot.com. Back to you, Craig. You are listening to the Pacific War Channel's podcast. If you wish to see the video version of these podcasts, go to the Pacific War Channel on YouTube. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Pacific War Channel, where we cover the entire history of the Asia-Pacific War of 1937 to 1945, and all the major events that led up to it. Today, we are slashing into the Boshin War of 1868 to 1869. Now, if you want the full history of how we got here, check out my previous episode on the Meiji Restoration for more context. But here's a quick summary. Before that, if you have not done so already, please smack that like button. Please smack also the subscribe button. It would mean a lot to this channel, as it does pay for little treats for my friend here. Now, Japan was forcefully opened in 1853, after 214 years of being isolated from the rest of the world by our American friend, Commodore Matthew C. Perry. In the face of possible war and colonization by Western nations, the Tokugawa shogunate and its allies signed the humiliating unequal treaties, such as the Amity and Commerce Treaty. This resulted in two factions emerging amongst the Ishin Shishi, nobles of Japan. Uh, the first was a pro-Tokugawa shogunate faction, who saw signing the treaties and working with Western nations as beneficial and necessary for survival. This faction consisted of the Tokugawa shogun, his forces, and northern hands that supported the regime. The second was the Sonojoi backing faction, revere the emperor, expel the barbarians, which sought to get rid of the shogun and the shogunate system, put the emperor back in control like the days of old, and expel the western barbarians. This faction consisted mostly of southern hands, such as Satsuma, Choshu, and Tosa. Emperor Komei agreed with the anti-shogunate faction and broke centuries of imperial tradition by taking an active political stance, protesting the signing of the unequal treaties and making a decree to dissolve the Tokugawa house. Now, during all of this political strife, Western nations also began to get involved in forming treaties with who they thought would be the next government of Japan and sold arms to different regions of Japan. The Tokugawa shogun, seeing this looming conflict, hired foreign military assistance from France in 1867 to 1868. Seventeen French military advisors helped the shogun construct a new navy with eight steam warships, including the purchase of the ironclad CSS Stonewall. The advisors, one of which being Jules Brunet, the inspiration of Tom Cruise's character Captain Nathan Algren in The Last Samurai, trained an elite corps of 800 shogunate forces called the Denshutai. The shogun also had the backing of the legendary Shinsengumi, a group of elite samurai who would enforce his rule in Kyoto. Overall, the shogunate forces had the largest amount of arms during the war, consisting of smoothbore muskets, Tanegashima matchlocks, Jerez needle guns, Chassapot rifles, mini rifles. However, for artillery, they relied upon native Japanese cannons that dated back as far as the 16th century. 
During this time period, certain hands had minor conflicts with Western nations. After shooting some British ships in what is called the Namamugi Incident, Setsuma Domain found itself in a minor battle with Great Britain. After being naval bombarded in Kagoshima, the Setsuma forces quickly apologized and compensated the British. Setsuma was so shocked by the effectiveness of the weapons used against them, they opened up relations with Britain and secretly began to buy arms. This led the British, and even some Americans, to sell Smith & Wesson Army No. 2 handguns, Spencer repeating rifles, Armstrong field guns, mini rifles, and one Gatling gun to Setsuma. Setsuma and the anti-shogunite hands had a variety of weapons similar to the Shogunal forces, but less of them. However, hands like Setsuma got their hands on artillery weapons such as the Armstrong field guns, which the Shogunal forces did not have, and this would prove to be a critical part of the upcoming war. In 1866, both the Tokugawa shogun Iomochi and Emperor Kumai die, and are succeeded by Tokugawa Yoshinobu and Emperor Meiji. Fearing the Tokugawa shogunate becoming too strong, Satsuma, Choshu, and Tosa domain formed a secret alliance called the Sacho Alliance to counter Yoshinobu. In the face of a civil war, Yoshinobu was pressured by his supporters to resign as shogun and take up a lesser role in the new government, and he did just that in November the 9th, 1867. However, the Sacho Alliance believed Yoshinobu and the Tokugawa family would still likely dominate the new government, and let us not forget that the former shogun still had his French-trained military force. Even though Yoshinobu was no longer shogun, it was very apparent that he and the Tokugawa family remained firmly in charge of the government policymaking. Saigo Takamori of Satsuma demanded the abolishment of the shogun title and ordered the confiscation of Yoshinobu's lands. Yoshinobu obviously was not keen on this and declared that he would not be bound by the Restoration Proclamation, calling for its repeal. Then on January the 24th, he led his forces to march on Kyoto, which was being occupied by Satsuma and Choshu forces. The shogunate and anti-shogunate forces fell into street fighting and both sides burnt Yoshinobu and Saigo Takamori, that would be the Tokugawa and Satsuma's residences, to the ground. Yoshinobu then fled, sailing to Osaka, with his forces vowing to defeat the rebel Saicho Allowance and rescue the emperor from them. On January the 27th, Yoshinobu sent his force of 15,000 from Osaka to take control of Kyoto, which was being occupied by 5,000 troops of Satsuma and Choshu. The shogunate vanguard of 2,500 troops make it to Koyeda Bridge in Toba, where they find a Satsuma force of 900 armed men with mini-rifles, four cannons, and a Gatling gun. The front line of the vanguard was armed with pike and sword, bearing men of the Mima Waragumi and Ainzu, with two battalions of riflemen in the rear whose ammunition was still in their gun belts. They assumed they could walk by peacefully, but when they asked for permission to do so, the Satsuma forces began to open fire on them with one of the four cannons they had, and this was the first official fire of the Boshin War. The cannon shell exploded, knocking down a shogunate officer named Takigawa Tomotaka. The commander of the force, Sasaki Tadashaburo, ordered the men to charge the entrenched Satsuma forces, and the pike and sword bearers charged at mini-rifle-armed Setsuma men, which were simply gunned down en masse, and the riflemen in the back that I was mentioning before were just beginning to load up their weapons. Then the Gatling gun devastated the shogunal forces, forcing them to retreat, and they lit fires as they ran away. At the same time, at Bongobashi Bridge in Fushimi, another shogunal force finds an entrenched Setsumo and Shoshu force. They all hear the cannon fire from Toba, 
so the entrenched Setsuma and Choshu begin to fire on the Shogono forces. The uh, Shogono forces this time have the Shinsengumi and Ainzu troops who charge across the bridge to fight and take control, and it becomes a stalemate. The next day, as each side is licking its wounds, an Imperial Brocade banner emerge on the side of the entrenched Setsuma and Choshu forces. The Imperial Brocade banners given by Iwakura on behalf of the Emperor Meiji officially makes the Setsuma and Choshu forces part of a new Imperial Army, Kangun. They proclaim that Yoshinobu is a traitor to the Emperor and that all Shogunite forces are now rebels. The Shogunal forces go into a confused panic, some surrender, while others retreat to regroup and figure out what action to take up next. Over the next few days, battles occur in an area such as the Takasugawa encounter, where Shinsengumi, Aizu, and Yukikitai troops fight bitterly with the Satsuma and Choshu in a guerrilla-style warfare. A battle occurs at Tominomori on January the 29th, but the Imperial Brigade banners again throw the Shogunite forces into disarray, and they are forced to retreat. A naval battle at Awa occurs where the Shogunal navy defeats the Satsuma navy, Yet all of this amounted to the new imperial forces taking more ground each day, consolidating their hold over the mainland of Japan. Yoshinobu, distressed by the imperial approval of his enemies, fled to Edo, hoping to use his influence to gain western support. Instead, under the guidance of British Minister Harry Parks, all the foreign nations signed a neutrality agreement to not intervene or provide military supplies to either side until the war was over. Saigo Takamori took this cue to march the imperial forces north and east, winning battles such as the Battle of Koshu Katsunuma, where Kondo Isami, the leader of the Shinsengumi, is captured and beheaded. By May 1868, the imperial forces have surrounded Edo, trapping Yoshinobu. Yoshinobu pleads to France that his government is the legitimate one, but to no avail. The imperial forces are winning the trust of foreign nations by this point. Katsu Kaishu, the Shogunal army minister, begins to negotiate the surrender, while some forces continue the fight. Yoshinobu agrees to surrender and goes under house arrest, being stripped of all of his titles, land, and power. In July, the Battle of Uno occurred where 2,000 Tokugawa retainers harassed Imperial forces at Edo. The Imperials used Armstrong Field artillery and Schneider guns to devastate the rebels. The Shogun's navy, under Inomoto Takeaki, refused to surrender their ships and made an escape to the north with eight warships and 2,000 personnel in the hopes to create a counterattack with northern daimyo support. Surprisingly, Jules Burnett and a few colleagues formally resigned from the French army and accompanied the rebels north. Aizu, Sendai, Yonozawa, Shonai, and Nagaoka hands form a northern alliance to fight the Imperials. The daimyo of Nagaoka makes a stand at his castle against the Imperials during the Battle of Hokutsu, inflicting heavy casualties by using two Gatling guns he purchased from the Prussians. He loses 400 and kills 1,000, but eventually he loses the castle. The Imperials continue their march north and defeat the Shinsengumi at the Battle of Bonari Pass, leaving the path of Aizu unprotected. Aizu is besieged at Tsuruga Castle, and for over a month, until they eventually surrender. This led the Northern Alliance to flee to Hokkaido Island by ship and form the New Republic of Izo. The Republic of Izo proclaims Hokkaido Island to be an independent nation based on the American model with Inomoto Takeaki as its first president. The Republic tries to gain recognition and support from America, France, and Russia, but fails. The Republic prepares for war, organizing its troops in Franco-Japanese command under Otori Keizuki and Jules Brunet. 
There are four brigades, each commanded by French officers, Fortin, Malin, Casineuve, and Bouffier, who each have eight half-brigades commanded by Japanese officers. The remaining Shinsengumi force would be commanded by Hijikata Tojizo. The new Imperial Navy has been created in haste, consisting of eight warships, Kotetsu, Katsuga, three corvettes, and three transports commanded by Togo Hiyahachiro. The Imperial Navy leaves Tokyo Bay in March to sail to Hokkaido and anchors in Miyoko Bay where Izo's navy of three warships led by Aira Ikunosuke and the Shinsengumi are awaiting. The Izo forces place an American flag on their flagship, Keiten, to confuse the anchored Imperial Navy, and once in reach, the Izo flag is raised seconds before they ram into the Kotsitsu and begin boarding. However, a big problem occurs. The deck of the Keiten is much higher than the Kotetsu, forcing the Shinsengumi to jump one by one in a trickle. The Kotetsu has a Gatling gun aboard, which rips apart the elite samurai and French advisor, Nicole, who is hit by two bullets. Keiten manages to disengage, damaging three Imperial warships, and steams out of the bay en route back to Hokkaido. After the Battle of Miyakube, the Imperial fleet, holding a force of 7,000, lands in Izo. They attack the Izo holdouts at Kikunai, Futumataguchi, and Matsumayoguchi. The remaining Izo rebels consolidate at Hokkaide, but the Imperials land their forces there and set out an attack on the Izo navy. Hijikata is killed near Iponji Kanmon, leading his troops to safety at the Benten Daiba fortress on horseback. This leaves the surviving Shinsengumi under the command of Soma Kazue, who would be their last commander. The remaining Aizo forces occupy Goryakaku fortress with their navy close by. The Imperials surround Goryokaku fortress and begin attacking the Izo navy. The French advisors to Izo make a daring escape to a French ship stationed in Hakudate Bay and sail away back to France. The Imperial Navy supports its land forces by destroying onshore fortifications and shelling Izo ships. The Imperials lose one warship, take down two Izo ships, and capture the remaining three. Inomoto, under pressure from Otori Kesuke, is convinced to surrender when he tells him to live on and famously says, dying is easy, you can do that anytime. Inomoto surrenders on June 27, 1869, accepting Emperor Meiji's rule, dissolving the Izo Republic, and effectively ending the Boshin War. So after all that, uh, the Meiji Restoration would occur during and after the Boshin War, leading to the abolishment of the samurai class. Many samurai who fought on the winning sides of the Boshin War ended up taking administrative and business positions in the new government, but many others found themselves jobless and fell into poverty. Satsuma, Choshu, and Tulsa, having been the key players in the victory, got the lion's share of government positions. And ironically, the Imperials did not pursue their objective of expelling the barbarians and instead shifted to working with Westerners and trying to renegotiate the unequal treaties. Sayago Takamori and Satsuma Domain would soon feel betrayed by the rapid cultural changes and the disregard for the Sonojoi movement. Disenfranchised samurai would band together in Satsuma to rebel against this new Meiji government. So let's just quickly summarize everything and neatly conclude this. There was a civil war between pro and anti-shogunate forces looking to take control of the future course for Japan. The shogun lost the war, the shogunate system was dissolved, and Emperor Meiji ushered in a new era known as the Meiji Restoration. 
the Meiji Restoration rendered the samurai caste obsolete. Many of those who helped win the war saw positions in the new government, but many found themselves disenfranchised, unemployed, and very resentful. All of these cultural changes led figures such as Saigo Takamori to eventually rebel against the empire in what will be known as the Satsuma Rebellion. Now, how does the Boshin War relate to the Pacific War, you might be asking? Much like the Meiji Restoration, it sped up the militarization of Japan. Japan would begin with a small imperial force, but this would soon grow to dominate the political and educational sphere of Japan with an overwhelming form of nationalism behind it. And as we all know, this will eventually cause a supernova in the East during the 1930s when Japan would expand through military force. Dan Carlin reference. So please join us next time for the Satsuma Rebellion of 1877 and do not forget to smack that like button and subscribe. This has been the Pacific War Channel, over and out. Well hello there, welcome back to the Pacific War Channel, where we cover the entire history of the Asia-Pacific War of 1937 to 1945 and all the major events that led up to it. Today we're going to be talking about the end of the samurai and what is known as the Satsuma Rebellion of 1877. Now, have you not already done so, please smack that like button and subscribe. And if you have not seen my previous episode on the Boshin War and the Meiji Restoration, you might want to do so, as it'll help with understanding some of the context. Regardless, here is a quick summary. A civil war, known as the Boshin War of 1868-1869, occurs when the anti-shogunate faction wins, ushering in the Meiji Restoration under Emperor Meiji. The victors of the Boshin War find themselves in leadership positions within the new Meiji government, particularly Saigo Takamori of Satsuma. Japan is beginning a rapid modernization with the adoption of many Western ideals. The Sonojoi, revere the emperor, expel the barbarians movement of the Boshin War victors soon is disregarded for Fukuko Kuyue, enrich the country, strengthen the army, leaving many to be disgruntled and someone would eventually take a stand. So after the Boshin War, many of the victors, such as Satsuma and Choshu officials, were given leadership positions in the new Meiji government. Saigo Takamori of Satsuma, alongside Ukubo Toshimichi of Satsuma, and Kido Takayoshi of Choshu, became the Ishin no Senketsu, three great nobles of the Restoration, who formed a provisional government. Kido and Ukubo would go on the Iwakara mission between 1871 and 1873 to visit Western nations to find models to build the new Meiji state upon, while Saigo Takamori would take care of the provisional government. When the Iwakara mission came back, they notified everyone in Japan that they had to modernize and quickly in order to survive. What was once the Sono Joy revere the emperor and expel the barbarians movement now became the Fukuko Kyohei enrich the country, strengthen the army movement for the new Meiji state. Sago and many other traditionalists begrudgingly went along with this, understanding its necessity, but soon more societal changes would upset them. In order to modernize Japan, one of the first things to be done was to eliminate the Shino Kosho, feudal four divisions of society class system. Shino Kosho was composed of the Shi, warrior caste, no, farming peasants, ko, craftsmen and artisans, and sho, merchant, class. The Shino Kosho was dissolved and now everyone was a commoner class who could pursue their own ambitions in life. Alongside this, hands and their daimyo became prefectures run by governors who were usually the former daimyos. 
Now, instead of regional warlords with loyal samurai armies, all governors worked for the central government, reducing the chances of anyone grabbing power. This would also mean, however, the gradual end to the samurai class. Omura Masujiro, the former daimyo of Choshu, and the rival to Saigo of Setsuma, was given a prestigious position in the Meiji government, that of Hiboi Dayu, vice minister of war. Omura was tasked with modernizing the Japanese military, and this required conscription and the military training of commoners. This meant the end of the hereditary feudal samurai fighting force that had served Japan for over centuries. The samurai class had already been abolished, but now it would lose its special societal privileges, such as wearing top knots, carrying swords, and being allowed to kill commoners who disrespected them. This was all officially made illegal. During the Edo periods, daimyo and samurai were paid stipends, and during the beginning of the Meiji Restoration, 1.9 million samurai were paid in stipends, and this was tremendously expensive, so the government gradually began to abolish the stipends. They did this by taxing stipends and offering to convert them into bonds, and by 1876 the conversion became mandatory, and the former samurai lost around 10 to 75% of their income. Many samurai took the Meiji Restoration by joining the military, becoming businessmen, or joining other institutions. However, some samurai fell into unemployment, being unable to cope with the new age. These disaffected samurai saw their economic situation and loss of special privileges as a betrayal by the state leaving them behind. On the night of October the 9th, 1869, Umura was attacked at an inn in Kyoto by eight disgruntled ex-samurai. He was stabbed several times, but managed to hide in a bath container while running away from his attackers. Unfortunately, the bath water was quite dirty, and he ended up dying in Osaka while being treated by a Dutch doctor named A.F. Bodun. Now, Saigo had been a key player in the Meiji Restoration and the Boshin War. He understood the need for modernization and supported a lot of it, but he had major concerns about the growing political corruption and the predicament of those disaffected ex-samurai who could not find a place in the new Meiji era. In 1869, a goodwill mission was sent to Korea to establish new trade and diplomatic relations containing the seal of the new Meiji emperor using the character Ko rather than Taekun, which the Koreans reserved only for the Chinese emperor. You see, this was done to imply that Korea was a vassal to China, and now Japan had implied the same vassal relationship upon them. Korea wished to remain in the Sino-centric world and refused to receive the Japanese envoys, basically insulting the Japanese. By 1873, the Sikan-Ron debate began over Korea not recognizing the Japanese emperor. Saigo Takamori and his supporters insisted Japan confront Korea with a military expedition. Saigo volunteered himself to go to Korea as a special envoy where he would act like a asshole to piss off the Koreans so much that they would try to assassinate him, giving Japan a legitimate reason to attack. Go figure. Saigo was so determined to have the expedition because he saw it as a way to provide income uh, to the unemployed samurai and perhaps they could occupy Korea much like the daimyo occupied the former hands. The other Meiji leaders rejected this, however, understanding Japan was in the midst of rapid modernization and could not afford this at this time. This became the last straw for Saigo, who promptly resigned from the government position in protest and he returned home to Kagoshima in a quasi-retirement. In 1874, Saigo established a private military academy called Shigako, which soon sprang into 132 branches within Satsuma. Here, disaffected samurai came to learn weapons training, tactics, artillery, and the Chinese classics. 
the disaffected samurai of these Setsuma academies wore their top knots and carried their swords proudly. Saigo had basically built a paramilitary-like organization because these academies began stockpiling weapons, and by 1876, Satsuma effectively seceded from the Meiji central government. All of this worried the central government enough for them to send 57 spies, such as police officer Nakahara Hizawa, to investigate the academies. Some of the spies were captured and under torture confessed their mission, such as trying to assassinate Saigo Takamori. Following this up, the central government sent a warship to Kagoshima to confiscate the weapons stockpiled there on January the 30th, 1877, and this would provoke 50 students of Saigo to attack the Sumoto arsenal and take the weapons. Soon, thousands of students began raiding arsenals all over Satsuma. Saigo was not keen on rebellion, but because of the sudden success of these raids, the students persuaded him to lead a rebellion against the central government. Saigo intended to march on Tokyo to rid the government of corruption and venial politicians. To add some legitimacy to this movement, Saigo wore his military uniform to show his loyalty to the emperor and proclaimed that he would march on Tokyo simply to ask questions of its government. All commoners were forbidden from coming, only the disaffected ex-samurai would march. On the road from Satsuma to Tokyo was Kamamoto Prefecture and the legendary Kamamoto Castle. The Imperials knew if Kamamoto fell, it would mean that all of Kyushu would fall as well, and the rebellion could very well spread all over Japan. The commander of Kamamoto Castle, Major General Tani Tateki, had only 3,800 soldiers and 600 policemen to defend against Saigo's force of over 10,000 ex-samurai. On February the 14th, the Satsuma vanguard crosses over into Kumamoto Prefecture, and on February the 19th, the defenders of Kumamoto Castle open fire on the Satsuma units, attempting to force their way into the castle. By February the 22nd, the main Satsuma forces arrive, and Pincer attack the castle, thinking the conscripted former commoners would be no match for these ex-samurai. Two full days of fighting occurs, and acting major Nogi Murusuke loses many men in trench warfare outside the castle grounds. Both sides lose hundreds of men to artillery, bullets, swords, bayonets, and particularly Saigo loses a lot of forces to landmines within abandoned imperial trenches. Eventually, the imperials are forced to retreat within the ancient castle, and Saigo digs in for a long siege. For weeks, Saigo's artillerymen pound the castle walls as the imperial sharpshooters take them out. Winter is soon on its way. Inside the castle, the situation becomes quite dire. Food is running short. And outside the castle, ex-samurai of Kamamoto begin to flock to Saigo's banner, and he literally doubles his forces to 20,000 strong. In March, an imperial relief force of 90,000 men is led by Irusugawa Turahito and Yamagata Aritomo who come to break the siege at Kamamoto Castle. Saigo leaves 5,000 men to continue the siege, and then takes 15,000 to go attack the relief force at Taburuzaka. The Battle of Taburuzaka begins with skirmishes for several days, spread across 6.5 miles from Taburuzaka to the Ariaki Sea. Heavy rain hampers Saigo's muzzle-loading rifles and supply lines, forcing his men to fight with sword against the imperial bayonets. The melee combat favors the ex-samurai, and over 17 days of battle sees each side losing 4,000 men each. The future Prime Minister of Japan, Turahachi Masatake, loses his right hand in this battle. On March 20th, Saigo's forces are forced to retreat and to regroup at Ueki. 
The Imperial Navy sends three warships carrying 500 policemen and a few companies of soldiers into Kagoshima on March the 8th, seizing the Satsuma governor. Yamagata takes a detachment of two infantry brigades and over 1,200 policemen and lands behind Saigo's forces near Yatsushihiro Bay. Saigo is now cut off from his prefecture supplies and makes a peace offer to the Imperials, but he is rejected. Saigo abandons the siege at Kumamoto Castle after 52 days, and his forces are effectively on the run and without a plan. They run to Hitoyoshi then, Miyazaki, where they leave many pockets of samurai to ambush the Imperials in guerrilla warfare. By July the 24th, the Imperials push Saigo out of Miyakonojo onto Nomioka, where more troops land at Oite and Saigo tries to pincer attack them. The samurai are able to cut their way out of the encirclement, but by August 17th, their numbers are reduced to 30 to 3,000 strong, and many artillery pieces and guns are lost. The surviving rebels are surrounded at Mount Unodake, where Yamagata sends a force seven times larger to force their surrender. Many of Saigo's trapped forces commit seppuku, or surrender, at this point. Saigo burns his private papers and uniform, slipping past the Imperials, running for Kagoshima with his remaining 500 men. On September the 1st, they seize Mount Shiroyama, overlooking Kagoshima City. General Yamagato, with 30,000 Marines under the command of Admiral Yawamura Sumiyoshi, surrounds Shiroyama. They build fortifications to encircle Saigo, preventing any escape. Yamagato even ordered the warships nearby to fire upon any positions that were in combat, regardless of friendly fire. Yamagato then orders an artillery barrage lasting the night, and on September the 24th at 4am, he storms up Shiroyama to defeat the samurai. Under heavy fire, Saigo and the samurai charge the imperial forces, who are not trained for close-quarter combat with swords. The highly skilled samurai of Saigo's forces break the Imperial lines and for a short time cut down the Imperials, but their numbers are too much and they are soon pushed back up Shiroyama. Saigo is shot, receiving a mortal wound to his femoral artery and stomach. He is carried off by Bipu Shinsuke. Saigo commits seppuku and Bipu serves as his kaisha kunen, cutting his head off and hiding it to prevent the enemy from finding it. There is a debate whether Saigo cut open his own stomach or he was probably not able to do so in a state of shock uh, from his wounds. Regardless of this, any of his loyal warriors would have been assisting him in seppuku, which Boipu did. Boipu, once done, charges downhill to fight and dies in the gunfire. The remaining samurai, without any further ammunition, charge with sword in hand to their deaths by imperial gunfire. The Satsuma Rebellion ends, as well as the samurai. The Satsuma Rebellion financially hurt the Meiji government, who was forced to go off the gold standard and had to resort to paper currency. The rebellion lasted only six months, but superior transport, modern communications, better weapons, and tactics won the day for the Imperials. The rebellion ended the samurai class, but was unable to overcome the paragon of traditional samurai virtues felt by most Japanese. The Meiji government pardoned Saigo Takamori on February the 22nd, 1889, dubbing him the true last samurai. So just to wrap this up and conclude, the Meiji Restoration and the Boshin War gradually led to the disenfranchisement of the former samurai class. Most ex-samurai found jobs in the new Meiji era, but for those who did not, they rebelled. One of these rebellions was the Satsuma Rebellion, which was led by Saigo Takamori, and it ultimately failed, or did it? 
Saigo led the Satsuma Rebellion to march on Tokyo to make grievances upon the government. The Meiji Restoration was going in directions he and many others did not agree with. A major grievance was how Fukuko Keiwe enriched the country and strengthened the army was being done. The Meiji thinkers eventually realized they must go about modernizing using two methods. One was to adopt Western ideas, but the other was Fuko to restore antiquity. The idea was while they were adopting new Western ideas, they were also looking back at their ancestral past to create a fusion of the two. How does this have anything to do with the Pacific War of 1937 to 1945, you might be asking? While the Bushi had ended, Bushido would live on, now being incorporated into all of Japanese society and particularly with the military. Bushido would be used as a propaganda tool by the government and military from the Meiji era all the way to 1945. It drove nationalism and eventually militarism. It became arguably corrupted and bastardized, leading to horrible consequences, but it was there nonetheless. I hope you liked this episode, and uh, please, if you've not already done so yet again, hit that like button and subscribe, because my bird has been making noises this entire time I've been filming, because she would like more peanuts. This has been the Pacific War Channel, over and out.